Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, this is uh, part two. We just had a little techie issue, guys. Um, <laughs> don't know what happened there. We just Jordan was yeah, just chatting know. away, and then the sound cut out, and I was like, "Oh, for God's sake!" But luckily, that happened three minutes in and not half an hour in, because yeah. that would have been a travesty if it happened half an hour in. But yeah, right, yeah. Definitely. Let's just pretend um, like nothing happened. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> oh gosh right yeah so guys as i'm saying once more this is basically a little part two to the series that jordan and i did a while back on toxic relationships we spoke about the kind of things that you might need to recognize in a toxic relationship what you know how you recognize it you know what you can do in it but now we're focused on how you can get out but we're only doing that for the first half an hour because the last half an hour was a little fun surprise which was a surprise for jordan but not now because she knows (laughs) And we're just going to talk about light, fluffy, funny stuff. So, yes. Jordan, you were saying some thi- um, things earlier about cams and whatnot. Please do, unfortunately, repeat yourself. But Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, no, basically what I was saying was um, I was reading a, a post that was by a psychologist in um, the cams children's mental health setting. And um, they, they were talking about how there's so many different types of um, toxic personality. So, like, it, when you're trying to recognize the fact that you're in a toxic relationship sometimes it can be quite difficult and I think that's one of the things that you have to not be hard on yourself if you're questioning well is this a toxic relationship or isn't it you know what's going on because there are so many different ways that it can present Um, and also in this post it was talking about how it's important to remember that whilst being a toxic person isn't a mental health diagnosis as such it can be that sometimes if someone has got other mental health problems or diagnosis issues etc going on that that's what's leading to them kind of presenting in this toxic way so there's lots of like important things to kind of remember when you're in a toxic relationship in terms of just recognizing it I think that recognizing it and um in terms of wanting to leave the situation and, and get out of the relationship is kind of like the first step really because without being able to know what the signs are that you're looking for you you can't even begin to think about sort of getting yourself out of the relationship if that's what you want or being able to um work through any issues and things so, yeah no yeah I, I totally agree now and it's interesting how you said that because recently you know i mean people see me as like a little relationship guru and knowing a lot about relationships so only recently did i discover myself that the kind of idea of toxicity that we have in toxic relationships, I only recently realized that it does come in different forms. You know, there's different levels to toxicity. You know, I've always thought, and I'm sure many others can agree, that when you think of a toxic relationship, you think of something like volatile, something, you know, so obviously toxic that you don't think yourself that you would fall into it. But in reality, um, you know, we kind of have all little, like, small little toxic traits, and it's, it's all about how we deal with it. And when you say well, like the mental health things, it's true, you know, sometimes people's mental health can get in the way of relationships and it can portray toxicity. And that's what goes back to what we were saying last time in the sense of that doesn't make you a toxic person, but it still has that toxic effect. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think a lot of the time it, it, it comes down to that kind of thing when you get people sort of, when someone says something to you that's like an insult or that you find is not very nice and Mm. and then you're kind of reflecting back on that and thinking well actually
We just had another audio cut out. Josh, I think you cut out again. Oh, yep, I can, I can hear you. I can hear you. It's come back. I can hear you. Oh I'll, gosh. I'll just, I'll just repeat that last little bit. Uh, Thank like, you. I don't yes. know what. I don't know what um, came out there or not. But um, basically, what I was saying was it, it kind of comes back to this thing of um, when someone maybe say something to you that's mean, sort of like an insult, like, and it's looking back and thinking, well, actually, why are they saying that more than looking at the fact that yes, it hurt you. And by all means, you know, accept those emotions and, and be hurt by the comment, but think, oh, maybe, you know, there's something else going on for, for them. And usually when people are behaving in these sorts of ways, like in terms of um, being like a toxic person and stuff, it's because something else is going on for them that's underlying it, be that a mental health problem, or maybe they're in a toxic relationship themselves somewhere else in their life. So yeah, it's, um, it's quite a complex issue and I think we're so quick to read through like social media posts and things and just sort of take this generic overview of like oh it's like you say this this massive kind of um huge like issue and actually sometimes it can be the smaller things and I think that's why it's important to like pick up on on those things and what's kind of maybe not not ordinary for like your relationship with with that person so of course, yeah. yeah. And I've, the other day, I saw a video which I reposted on social media, and it was this um this man talking about this idea of like there's no right person, and it's kind of a little off topic here, but it's it it struck it really kind of struck me and hit me because at the same time, you know, during this week, my mind was going in places, and as always, I'm thinking about different things, relationship wise and whatnot, and learning new things from my own analysis of things, which is really weird. I'm a really an- analytical person. And I analyze a lot of relationships and a lot of stuff and a lot of things that I come across. And I started thinking to myself, many years ago, someone called me a hopeless romantic. And I was like, I never knew what I mean, but it's, and I've totally forgot what it meant. So the other day I argued with it. And it was actually this, you know, it's about a person has this typical idea of love and how it's all so perfect and, you know, whatnot. And I kind of realized that in reality, no relationship is perfect it's always going to have kind of flaws but it's about how you and that person your partner deal with those flaws that makes it perfect and then it was this man was saying that there is no right person because if the two people put in the right effort they put in a good amount of like love and whatnot you can create the right environment for you yeah definitely i mean i think um a big part of it is being able to I I mean I know I always come back to it in this whole thing of reflecting and on things but I think that's that's the thing you know two people make uh, or sometimes more make a Mm. relationship and if you can't kind of look into how like you're behaving as well as how someone else is behaving and also think about why are they behaving that way is there anything else that's going on for them rather than just kind of having this sort of like blame effect then a relationship's not really going to survive. You have to be able to have these discussions for something to be meaningful and, like, long-term and things. So, yeah. And that's the key thing that I cannot stress enough is communication. Yeah. Like, oh, I will always go on about it. But you know what? No matter how much you go on about it, some people just don't understand it. 
you know, and some people just can't get to grasp it because it is so hard. It seems so simple and it's so easy to talk about communicating and communication. But when it comes to communicating, it's it's a whole different story. You know, even I now myself will struggle. You know, you, you feel an array of emotions like and you, you get this when you approach a toxic situation in your relationship, you know. Because the first thing is, if it's, you know, if it's one of those things that it's a small thing that your partner's doing, you know, that's kind of affecting you and it's having a toxic effect, you go and talk to them. But it's going to be nerve wracking. It's going to be uncomfortable. And you might get a bit of anxiety, all sorts of emotions. And they might get angry and they might jump to conclusions. And that's when, you know, your alarm bells ring. Because that's when, you know, you've got poor communication in your relationship. You need to kind of sit down with your partner and improve your communication with your relationship. And it's like, it can be frustrating because you can feel like, hang on a minute, I've been with this person for so-and-so and we've got crappy communication. And so now you kind of sat down thinking, well, we're back at stage one. And honestly, I think I've seen some of the best married couples at some points who still need communication skills. You know, it doesn't matter how long you are, how long you have been together. I think every new issue comes with a new level of communication. It comes with a new style of communication. So it's like, as long as you have that kind of baseline communication, you can then jump off and go into these different branches. You know, I'd argue that there's millions of different branches of communication because each problem requires a different approach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think kind of turning back to like the sort of toxic relationship mm. and, and trying to leave that if if that's your choice I mean what well, that's one of the main things I mean like I said I'd say you know that first step is recognizing the signs yes. and picking up on that but then the the second kind of tip to that would next step to that would be to have that conversation mm-hmm. if you feel able to with the other person in the relationship and sitting down and saying you know look this is how I feel these are the things that I recognize that are going on and this is how I feel about it and then it's looking at how the other person reacts to that yes because that's going to make your decision as to what you do next if it's something that they they react to it and they kind of react to that conversation in a similar way to some of the signs that you've picked up already so maybe they're just rejecting it maybe they're saying oh well I you know I've never said anything like that you're kind of gaslighting stuff or yes um anything that kind of makes you still feel really uncomfortable around them and just not not like yourself and things then maybe you do want to make the choice to leave but maybe if the conversation goes the other way and they go do you know what actually I didn't realize that that's how these things are coming across or maybe they say oh do you know what yeah actually I've got all of this other stuff going on so maybe that's having an impact on why I'm behaving this way towards you and then maybe that's something that together you can work on and and that might make your decision to say look I'm going to give it another shot and let's try to to work things out and I mean Mm. I think a lot of people sort of jump to that conclusion that if you're in in a toxic relationship or what you think might be a toxic relationship you have to leave but I think that's not always the case if you can find out that there might be some other underlying cause for it then maybe the other person just needs some support and together you can work through it and and the behaviors that are presenting would kind of diminish in and it develops into a better relationship of course yeah. yeah and i think it's down to you as a person as well because you know different level different people can handle different levels of like toxicity they can and you you find sometimes as well that 
you might find yourself repeating and getting into repetitive situations or you might find that when you're trying to talk to your partner they're really on board with kind of helping you but there's certain things they want to avoid there's certain things that they'll actually deny and sometimes something you got to watch out for is how people try and turn things back on you it's really subtle and it's a really subtle kind of toxicity and it really can kind of affect you negatively because it can get you second guessing yourself and that's where i find kind of talking to a friend talking to family like explaining their problems to them. Partners get annoyed when people share their arguments with their friends and family. But honestly, it's one of the things that I would recommend to you. You know, I have done it and I continue to do it because it allows me to then have someone else to kind of, that's outside of the box. Oh, that kind of bask is my, my friend. I know some of my friends will tell me if I'm wrong, you know, and if I've done something wrong and I'm, I'm in the wrong with my relationship, they will tell me. And, you know, if I can't work that out, I go to them and I ask them, am I in the wrong? Are they in the wrong? You know, and they help me to kind of find my bearings so that when I do go into this argument or this discussion, you know, whatever it is you want to call it, I know the facts. I know what I want to say. And I know that if it does get turned around on me, I know that I need to stand my ground and kind of say to myself, no, Josh, you are correct. And that's what you need to do to yourself. You need to reassure yourself and know that what you're saying is how you do feel. And you can't let the other person kind of change that upon you. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you've kind of touched on like two key things there. I think the first one is your your social connections around you. That's mm. going to be a big part of if you decide to stay or leave. If you're deciding to stay, it's it's perhaps more about um, thinking about getting that that second opinion, that different perspective, because we we're also wrapped up in what's going on in in our own lives. We have our own biases towards things and to be able to step outside of that and get someone else's perspective is definitely like a really key thing and really valuable thing. Um, and then I think that the other side of the social connections is that if you're deciding you, you want to leave this relationship, it is going to be a not, not a necessarily nice thing yeah. in the short term. In the long run, it's hopefully going to be something that's beneficial to you, but you are going to need people around you to support you. Um, and to kind of keep you on track and and things and and as you know most people know especially with mental health being quite topical at the minute that having that those social connections and your support network is so important to being able to maintain like a positive mental health and stuff so yeah that like that's definitely a, a key part of being able to to leave or work out a, a relationship yeah. And it's, you know, I think something that's not really touched upon that much is how difficult it is to really leave some situations. You know, the longer that you're with someone in a toxic relationship, the harder it gets to leave. And so it's really vital that you try and kind of recognize these signs regularly. It's, it's going back to what Jordan said about, you know, kind of reflecting upon your own relationship. And, you know, regularly you should be doing that because it ensures that, you know, there's nothing going on that's going to affect you negatively, that's going to affect your partner negatively. And it's part of having a healthy relationship. And if you're in a relationship for a long time and it becomes toxic, it then becomes harder for you in the long run to leave. It can then have more negative effects on you when you do leave. And it's just all around a lot more of a struggle, but it's not impossible. Nothing is ever impossible, right? No matter how hard it is, if it's affecting you negatively and you know you need to leave, get the people around you, you know, you can do it. Like, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's hard. Damn right, it's hard. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's not. I've seen people come out of toxic relationships. I've supported people come out of it. But in the end of the day, they always make it through. And, you know, yeah, they, you you guys can do it. You know, if this applies to you, know that you can do it. Yeah, I think that's so true. Like it's 
we're so stuck in this way of being scared that we're going to feel these negative emotions and the emotions that aren't you know seen as the ideal ones to have Mm. in life that we would rather just stick with what's going on but if that's not healthy for you and that's not comfortable for you and you know you really have that gut feeling of something is not right here then it's so important to to reach out and it and like you say it is going to be hard but that's okay it you know like it's it's about that yeah you know what you are going to cry you are going to be angry at times you are going to be load a whole load of other undesirable emotions as they might be uh kind of biased but those emotions are okay to feel and that's like the key thing that we need to get across that if we never had those emotions we we wouldn't know what the positive ones felt like so exactly they have to be there at some point and it's okay to feel that and to need to have the support and things and and that's going to be a big a big part of like toxic relationships and kind of leaving or working them out or anything like that so yeah. yeah. And I think another kind of thing to touch upon just generally is knowing what you want out of a relationship and knowing what you don't want. And although I, I mean, something I've discovered myself really as well is sometimes I think to myself, surely, you know, Josh, these ideas you want, these ideals, you know, what you want in a relationship, it's unrealistic. And, you know, sometimes we can often sit down and we can think about it. And it, sometimes we do have too many expectations, but I think it's not always about ticking every single box. What matters? is you tick most of your boxes for your positives and you have as like you you have no negatives ticked like don't go into a relationship where there's one single negative ticked because if you do chances are if it's something small then yes so let me rephrase that if it's something, if it's something small like you know you know you don't want to get into a relationship with someone that has moody days that's something that you kind of need to yourself work on because everyone's going to have moody days, no matter who you go and date, unfortunately. I'm not going to lie to you. But if it's kind of big things, don't go into a relationship, no matter how perfect or how many positive boxes it ticks. If it ticks that one negative box, that can be enough to throw that whole relationship off balance. And it can be enough to kind of cause you these undesirable emotions. And it will not affect you positively. And so no matter how much you kind of think to yourself, my expectations are unrealistic. Do not settle for less. I sh- can't stress it enough, you know. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to find your ideal person. They are out there because amazing people are out there. And sometimes they're just right beneath us. And you never really realize And there's so many people out there that you can meet. And yeah, as long as most of your boxes are ticked and none of your negatives are, your like ideals are not unrealistic. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely agree with that. I think it's it's about like, we, we all have to make some compromises. But I think, you know, if mm. you know what you're kind of looking for, and if especially if you're in a relationship, and it's not, it's not meeting that, it's about going, well, do you know what is it's it's making that decision? Is it worth staying and compromising yeah. and trying to work it out? Or do I want to leave? And I think that's kind of like my next sort of tip with the the toxic relationship Mm -hmm. theme would be like once you've made your decision stick to that decision don't be swayed by the person that you're in the relationship with equally don't be swayed by people outside of the relationship if you've made your decision because you know you've spoken to the um the other person in the relationship you've spoken to all the people kind of outside the relationship you've sort of gathered all the evidence as such to support what you're going through and how you're feeling Mm. and then you've made the decision on whether you want to stick with it and work through it or whether you want to go 
just make sure you stick with that decision and it that's, yeah. it's your decision it's no one else's decision to make so. exactly yeah. and a good friend will always recommend they will never tell you know, it's something that I always stress enough when I'm kind of giving people advice is I always, you know, give them these scenarios and give them these situations where it might be this, you know, and you kind of, I, you got to let them think about what they're going to do. So the other day, a friend said something to me and, you know, you know, you're in your relationships or when you're in certain situations, you're oblivious to certain things. And so when they said this to me, I kind of brushed it off and thought, no, 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 I know that it's not this. And it, you know, turned out that that friend was right. And so they didn't tell me when I said, no, no, it's not that, that it was that I'm wrong or whatnot. They kind of was like, oh, okay, you know, whatnot. But then I went back and I thanked that same friend because instead of forcing me to realize it, they let me realize that on my mm. own. And that's unfortunately the reality of things. You've got to let people learn their mistakes. And, you know, you will see it coming from a mile away, I guarantee you. And that's just part of being someone's friend or family or whatever your relationship to them is. You can always see the trouble someone's going to get into before they get into it. Just as they will see the trouble you're going to get into way before you get into it. But you've got to let them learn. Yeah. And as much as that's hard to kind of stand by and watch, it's the best way for them. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I think a lot of that comes down to sort of, I mean, the easiest way to sort of relate it is to people being like motivated to wanting to change. There's, yes. there's kind of two, two ways of like looking at it. And one way is this kind of extrinsic, because other people have said you should do this, or because other people have pointed something out to you, that's why you should be doing something about it. Or there's the kind of more intrinsic, which is that you you want to do this, you want to make this change, you've realised what's going on, you can see yeah. it for your own way. And that's when something's really going to start making a difference and when it's really going to work, whatever change you're trying to make or whatever situation you're in. it's It really does have to come from the self. It is helpful to have other people's input to help you realise, like you've just described and stuff, but you can't, you're never, you can only ever help and support someone. You can't, you can't change them without them yeah. having their own, commitment to to wanting to to change and make decisions and stuff in their own life so yeah yeah and on that kind of topic of change when i was recording i think oh, what was it a couple of weeks ago i recorded a mental health video for wellbeing wednesday and i was saying that you know when it comes to change when it might be something that you need to change yourself you gotta evaluate this especially in relationships am i changing for my partner yes okay is this positive is this change gonna be positive from my partner and negative on my friends are just positive for my partner or whatnot you got to kind of evaluate it. like you got to look at the pros and cons of this change and you're going to work out is it worth it am i just changing for my partner if you are then you know in some cases that's going to be a good thing but if it's making you better as a person is what i'm trying to get at then go for it you know make that change but you got to be willing to make that change and you got to understand that that's going to make you a better person yeah. if you're changing in a way that changing your kind of personality changing who you are it's not worth it yeah. Honey, I don't care how good this relationship is to you. Changing who you are for someone else is never going to be worth it because you are not that person. And eventually somewhere down the line, they're going to ask you to change again and again and again until you become someone that you're really not. And so, you know, you've got to get out. It's the best for them and it's the best for you. It's the harsh reality of things. But yeah, like Jordan has said, you've got to be willing to make the change and you've got to understand the change you're going to make and work out, is it positive? Is it going to make you a better person? Because if it's not, it's not worth it. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think there's also this this idea actually that's um, quite a key thing in a lot of um, psychological therapies and stuff to do with mental health. But actually, having learned this through my 
studies on my job and stuff it's something mm. that is quite key to um to like everyday life and something that actually before I hadn't thought about and it's this idea of everyone's got their their own set of core values and that's what provides everything that you do in life provides some kind of meaning to you if it's in relation to your core values which these core values are very difficult things to figure out and if you if you look up <laughs> core values on the internet you will find a, a whole mess of information that's all these different questions trying to figure out you know what is meaningful to you in your life and then you will begin to realize that the decisions that you make if you want things to to change and if you want to be motivated to change you have to make decisions and do things that are in line with these core values so if it's that you know you maybe one of your core values is always wanting to help other people that's that's just you then your your motivation to change and your behaviors and things will come from that core value so I think it's really about like being in tune with knowing, like you say, with relationships in particular, knowing what you want out of a relationship and why is it that you want that? Because this is one of your core values. This is what you want from life. That's what has meaning to you. Yeah. And being able to know that is like so invaluable, very difficult thing to do. But of course, by sitting down and, you know, reflecting and just thinking a bit more about what's what's going on in life, what's happened in the past, what you Oh. Oh. Um, Hello. What's happening today, man, with this podcast? Oh my god. Oh, it's trying to reconnect. What's happening? Come on, reconnect. Come on, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Come on. Come on, reconnect. Come on, come on, come on. Fucking reconnect on my days. Come on, reconnect. Reconnect. What is going on with the recording software today? What is going on? Aha. Come on, reconnect. What's what's happened? What has happened? This is not good. Ah, oh, hello? Jordan? What is happening? Hello. Oh, right. I don't know what we kind of said, but just to kind of briefly wrap up. Guys, recording software is having a really dodgy day today. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to work it out after this. But we were kind of wrapping up the end of the talk. We'll come to the end of it anyway. But do you remember what you were saying? Um, just talking about the core value stuff, really. But I think, to be honest, it cut out just as I was rounding up. So Fair yeah. enough. Right, yeah. No, I'll have, a li- I'll have a listen back to it. And if it doesn't make sense, then I'll literally send you a message saying, Jordan, what would you say about this? And I'll say it as you said it, and I'll pre-record it and slip that slot in. And this slot's going to be merged with the other slot. So this is our kind of happy, fluffy, silly bit. And hopefully it doesn't cut out. 
<laughs> and if it does, if it cuts out like 20 minutes or something, I'm not going to bother getting you back for another 10 minutes because 20, a 50 minute podcast is good enough with all the technological issues. Yeah. Oh, right. Light, fluffy stuff. Right. You know how I love cookies, right? <laughs> yeah. Like with an absolute passion. I haven't had it in ages and it's really baffling me. I've just went really northern there for a second. It re- it's really baffling me. And I don't know why. Because I keep on going to co-op. It's because I haven't been to a Sainsbury's. <laughs> and I, there's something about these. Whenever I want, since I've had these Sainsbury's cookies, I have not gone back. Like, I'll go into co-op. I'll go into Tesco's. And I'll see Tesco's finest or whatever co-op's finest is called. But I don't want them cookies. I want Sainsbury's finest. And mm. the only Sainsbury's I know is local to the one in... Um, Preston Park and there is one on my way to work in Brighton but for some reason whenever I go in there they never have these cookies so I never buy them they have the milk chocolate ones but I want the triple chocolate chip ones because oh <laughs> of course they are where it's out you know like yes please I'm gonna have a look when I go to work on Sunday if I'm going to work on Sunday I don't know yet I hope I am but yeah but basically I haven't had any cookies and it's really baffling me and I'm starting to get like cookie withdrawals now like <laughs> I'm, don't get me wrong I've not been good on sugar I've been eating a lot of chocolate, a lot of sweets. I've got a big pot of jelly beans that I was munching a minute earlier. And so I've not been good, but I still want my cookies. I, uh, we, still, we still have some of the uh, big pot of jelly beans, considerably <laughs> less than you did, having seen on last, uh, last oh, right here meeting, but you know. I've made a bigger dent in it this time. Gosh, you should see it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've uh, I've not been great with uh, snacks or um, sugar recently. Definitely not. I today this is why yesterday. I love having you on the right here meetings because everyone, I swear, everyone on there is super healthy <laughs> with like what they <laughs> yeah. eat. And I, I'm just sat there like, what's a vegetable? I don't eat those. <laughs> what is Eleanor talking about now? Cauliflower. What is this? It's so true. I like. I I'm happy because I do like my exercise classes and stuff but you know i can't live without snacks you know like exactly yeah it's an impossibility i've tried but it it just (laughs) it doesn't happen you know there's plenty of there's plenty of healthy snacks that i like but you know what the thing is it's convenience you know Mm -hmm. i don't want to go downstairs and and like chop up a carrot so i can have carrot sticks or like peppers or something no i just want to reach into the snack bag that is you know next to my bed and eat some (laughs) cookies cookies. damn right right. (laughs) i've got to the point where when i'm on my way home from work i'll slip into the corner shop buy loads of bags of sweets put it in my bag take it home and stick it in the cupboard in my bedroom i'm not gonna walk down some flights of stairs to like like you say get some vegetables or some healthy stuff i don't even eat a lot of healthy stuff i like it but i don't eat it you know, no. because sugar, cookies, yeah, exactly. like it's, it's, it's in front of me. Why would I want celery over a chocolate digestive? I, I don't see how anyone chooses celery over chocolate I digestive know. unless you're lactose intolerant. It's just, you're not right in the head. You're a psychopath. It's as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, no one is choosing celery over chocolate digestives. And I can muddle the whole bag of chocolate digestives. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Just anything sugary. When people say oh, it's too rich for me, I can't eat too much of it. I'm just sat there with my fat ass thinking, oh, I'm gonna demolish this whole box in the next two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I I'm literally like was discussing the fact that I need to go to Tesco's after this podcast to refill my <laughs> snacks because I've I, I've run out and I just don't I don't think I can go through even you know this evening but tomorrow i'll be doing uni work all day and i, I need i need motivation and that is exactly. chocolate 
Yes, that is. That, it's a beautiful thing about chocolate. It's, a, it's motivation. And it's got me kicking my finances, you know. It's actually having positive effects on me. Because yeah. every month, I look at my money and I make sure, do I have enough money for snacks? Not do I have enough money for college. Not do I have <laughs> enough money to get to work. Do I have enough money to get fat? The important <laughs> things in life. <laughs> exactly. Screw A-levels. Do I have enough to get chocolate cookies? That's the real question. <laughs> but yeah oh gosh yeah no i'm terrible like honestly this lockdown has just made me terrible like in my bin there's minstrel packets walkers there's lucas aid there i've got a pot of jelly beans with me i've you know i've even started to take a bit more too much of a liking to alcohol as well i'm not an alcoholic that sounds like i'm alcoholic (laughs) no but obviously, I'm drinking more during the lockdown periods, obviously. Yeah. I mean, who isn't? I mean, a lot of people aren't, but, like, it's, you know, I'm going to say it anyway. Because I miss going out. I said to my friends earlier today on a meeting, you know what I miss? No, I said, no, no, not what I miss. I said, I just want to get pissed somewhere other than my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people started laughing. Cause, yeah, because it's true, you know, we've lost that kind of social aspect of getting out. Yeah. And I'm excited to get back out. But, obviously, you only have people in your garden first, aren't you? If only I had a bar in my garden. Oh, wait. My dad is a legend and has built a bar in a garden. Oh and so when God. Boris says, I know, so when Boris says you can have six people in your garden, I'm taking the bar to my friends. Like, he's literally built one before lockdown so, started because he was decorating the garden. And I've just thought, this man's a genius now. That's really cool. I said we needed to build on here. I, I still think we should. <laughs> we I'd do it. I think it's because, like, with the when you get the hot weather and you've got, if you're fortunate enough to have a garden or maybe you live near, yes. like, the beach or a park or something, and it's just nice, like, to be able to go and sit out and have a chill with, like, you know, some cider or a beer or yeah. cocktail. We had, we had cocktails. We've got mint grown in the garden, so we were making our, own, our own mojitos. So that was, uh, yeah, I think we had, we had mojito month at one point, which was uh, interesting Ooh. last summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can imagine yeah. So we're rolling, you know, we're rolling. The warm weather's coming. We're we're rolling back into it, but hopefully yes. we'll be able to to meet up with more people and friends and family and reconnect and stuff, which will be super nice. So. Definitely, yeah. And it's it's interesting to hear, like on the topic of alcohol, how different people have started trying different things in lockdown. Like, what has happened with this gin revolution that has oh. happened during lockdown? I, I don't even know what's. I don't like it. I've I've tried it. You know, I'll drink, yeah. but I don't like it. Yeah. You know, it's a bit too bitter for my liking. But like, my mum started drinking gin. She doesn't. She never used to drink. But lockdown comes on. She's now got two bottles of gin, but she doesn't drink. Man. I think I've drank more of it than she has. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, my dad's now into rum. I like his birth, both his birthday and Christmas. I bought him a bottle of rum. Somehow I've got into whiskey. Yeah, I, yeah we're just trying different things. It's really weird. Have you tried a different alcohol? Um, trying to think. Ah, uh, I don't know if I have. I don't Ooh. think I. I don't think. Well, to be fair, I suppose with the mojitos thing, like mojitos, not normally a like my cocktail of choice. I'm, yeah. I'm more like a passion fruit martini kind of person. So, oh, um, yeah. So it's quite a check but that's a lot of it's a lot of effort to make them you know like mojito is so much easier so <laughs> that, that's, so, yeah. that's the luxury of having a bar you never want to make those luxury cocktails at home those you know fancy ones like my friend made porn star martinis and she said they tasted disgusting <laughs> but she'll go to the bar and she'll buy one because in reality when you make it yourself it's either going to be really good too strong or absolutely terrible yeah 
Although I feel like two strongs, you know, not necessarily an issue, depending on what you're going for. So, you know. Exactly, you know. <laughs> Especially in that summertime as we were talking, you know. Yeah. It's just, oh, I do miss. I remember at the beginning of lockdown, because it, it was in summer, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was all on our lessons, and I'd come down on a Monday. On a bloody Monday afternoon, Jordan, I'd come down, and it'd be a can of cider waiting for me outside in the garden in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to miss that when we go back to college. Because I said to my dad, I'm going to miss drinking on a Monday when I approach him. So he goes, what, you're going to be too tired? Like this man's got to the point where he's going to promote me drinking before I go to college. And gosh, I, I can't. But like, if I'm online, I'm doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, happening. I know what you mean. I was like, I, I've, I've had to like stop myself now because I realised how much I had like started drinking like in the week. And I was like, do you know what? No, like I'm going to just go back to like having drinks at the weekend because yeah. in a normal world that's all I would have like ever done because I wouldn't have gone out unless it was like you know Friday Saturday so yeah but I'm I'm so I said the one thing that I miss is like just going for a dance and a sing and just like oh my god you know just let, letting it yes. all out and I, I love that I sing in the car on the way home from work because that is <laughs> the closest I can get right now to imagining I'm partying and loving life um so yeah but yeah can't wait to get back out on the dance floor oh gosh i know yeah i yeah that that is one of the things like just being absolutely stupid you know like absolute not just forgetting all sense of knowledge and it's going to be an absolute wreck when we get back out yeah. Like, it, it, it's going to be messy. Really messy. And I can't wait. It's going to be a beautiful sight. Usually, I'd probably walk home from work and I'd be like, I oh, look at all these flipping idiots, you know, half drunk, falling over the floor. Nope. It's going to be a beautiful sight to see now when yeah. we get let out of lockdown. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, I've, I've got a feeling that random people are going to start, like, hugging people in the first bar when it opens up. Probably. Like, because you just haven't spoken to anyone so long. And it's just, my boss showed me a meme the other day and it was a picture of a man screaming in a girl's face. And it's like, when you've been out of lockdown too long, you forgot to talk to girls. And he's nudging me and he goes, this is how you're going to be. And I said to him, well, it's been so long, you never know, they might actually like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> really, who knows what people are going to like when we get out of lockdown? Like, you might be able to go up to someone and say, the daft is the most stupidest thing, but because they haven't seen a person in so long... They're probably just gonna flipping love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if definitely. I get random people coming up to me, I'm I'm gonna love it. Like honestly, it's gonna be amazing. Like so many people that I know that my friends, they're getting kisses when I see them. Oh lord, they're getting a good old kiss. Definitely, I think it's gonna like it's it's gonna be so nice, and I think it's gonna be a whole like yes. new social interaction and connection between like lots of people. And so let's just keep our fingers crossed that we. We can hit the different milestones that have been set out and everyone can stay yeah. safe and well and things. So, yeah. Yeah. I've taken to calling it adult nursery because that's what it's going to be a bit like. Because it? <laughs> it's going to be nursery at the pub when you get back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learning to socially interact with that little bit of kind of adult twist. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no, it's definitely something to look forward to. But of course, you know, in order to get there, we've got to keep following the restrictions and, We've got to be safe yeah. in order to have our guilty pleasures once more and get out of our bedrooms. But, I mean, to be fair, it, there's definitely been the plus sides to it, you know. And I'm not going to be sad to see it go. Don't get me wrong. Flipping out, no. But it's going to be weird getting back yeah. out. But I, 
my cookie consumption will increase. <laughs> that is going to be known. I used to do a bag of cookies every week when we was out of lockdown. So, um, well, that's going to go back up. <laughs> every Friday, down to Sainsbury's, sometimes even two bags a week. Gosh. Oh, Lord. And I can afford to do it because of Preston Park Hill. Because that hill is one of the steepest things I've ever seen. I've not missed it. Boy, oh boy, have I not missed that hill. <laughs> Flipping hell. Yeah. I'm glad that I haven't had to walk up that as much. But because of that hill, I was able to, you know, eat those cookies. But what's weird, where I'd eaten so much, for some reason, I think I've developed a lot of fat around my legs. And I like my legs because I used to do anything for me, so I've got quite muscly legs. And I, when I since I started going back to work and walking again... <laughs> I've noticed my legs have gotten bigger because of all the fat that I put on them <laughs> and started walking. I've re- replaced it or burnt it. And so now I'm like, I want to go run again and see what if I can bring my old time. Yeah. Tone, tone, tone the legs up again, you know. Exactly, yeah. I mean, me stomach, I've definitely developed what I've called the beer belly. <laughs> I think a lot of us have developed a beer belly in lockdown and I've got my beer belly and I'm starting to like it too much. <laughs> oh, I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure once we uh, we're all uh, allowed back out, that uh, these things will rectify themselves. I've grown used to it, you know. I might keep it. Well, you know what I was going to say, and if not, who cares? You know exactly. You know, you've got to have a little companion. Like it's just it's a memory it's from lockdown. <laughs> exactly, my little companion right here, Bob the beer belly, with me. Can't forget it. Oh, dear. We've, we've truly lost it, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, gosh. What has this lockdown done to us? Oh, but no, I mean, I've spent so much money during this lockdown. Oh, God. I can't wait to get out in that sense. Yeah. Like, oh, the amount of spontaneous Xbox games that I bought. I had to spend money on a new phone, which broke at the beginning, like right at the beginning, which cost me a lot. I bought a sofa bed for my bedroom because that one broke as well. And, oh, bought a cabinet for my bedroom so I could put my TV on it because I've decided to move into my room fully now because of lockdown. It was like, oh, I've spent a lot. And obviously, I spontaneously bought trainers. I spontaneously oh, yeah. bought sweets, paying for travel. Oh, like, it's just like, it's it's that boredom of not not knowing what to do with yourself. And in a very consumerist society, of course, What's the first thing we turn to? Spending all our money, money on useless stuff that we really don't need. But you know what? If it gives us that tiny bit of pleasure during lockdown, then do it. That's what I say. Exactly. I don't regret a single one of my purchases, especially my glow-in-the-dark sperms that I bought for all of my friends for their key rings. And I've still got a few here because I haven't been able to see some of them. And I, I bought it for the boys for Christmas. And I made them come to the house because we, when we were allowed to meet up for six people, and I gave them their sperms. And I don't regret it because it's so cool. It glows in the dark. Yeah, I know the exact ones you mean. When I used to uh, work in sexual health, we gave them out as prizes and they, they are quite, quite something. They're quite cool, to be honest. They yeah. are. I went on Amazon just to buy them. Like, I was searching everywhere. Oh, that, that's probably my best lockdown purchase. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, although it's the smallest and cheapest, it was my best purchase. I don't know what mine would have been. I've bought too much, you know? Like, I... I... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, actually, tell a um, lie. I oh. probably I I bought myself a new a new pair of Timberlands, like proper boots, Ooh. which I'd been waiting to buy for ages. 
So yeah, that, that was nice. And I wear them all the time. I like go out walking in them all the time. So that's probably my best purchase. Oh. You know what? I'm surprised I haven't bought a pair of sunglasses, which I am going to do next month because I discovered that on Ray-Ban, you can customise your own pair. Yep. Yes, you can. And my mind has been blown because I've got a whole sunglass wall here and I haven't even filled up the first section of it. And I need to get another section once I fill up this section. So <laughs> I am buying sunglasses because... <laughs> I love my sunglasses, and they all got to be police style, but I was like, but it don't make different colours. And then I discovered that I can make custom ones, so now, mm-hmm. I'm going to fill up the wall. In £160 for custom sunglasses is a lot of money, which I'm not willing to spend. But we'll get yeah. there. I don't there. have these issues because I have actual glasses, so if I get sunglasses, they have to be also prescription. So yeah. Oh, yeah. You're can't lucky. Buy, can't buy, you know, just loads of like random pairs of sunglasses. I just have to pay like eighty pound for a prescription pair that uh, Specsavers own brand. But you know, still <laughs> <laughs> slipping the little little Specsavers. Well, you know, they always say should have gone to Specsavers, and then I always go, yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. No, I mean, another thing that I'm looking forward to is getting dressed up properly. Like, I've dressed up for work a few times, but I can't wait to just kind of, like, put on all your fancy clothes and whatnot. Like, it, there's something about that that it's really nice to just put effort into, like, and mm. pride into how you look and, like, yourself. And, and of course, throughout the lockdown, it like, I mean, the, you know, if you're doing meetings and work calls and stuff, then maybe, and, like... um school and stuff maybe some people are still making that mm. effort but like a lot of the time you're like do you know what, what's the point i'm not going anywhere so i like for me exactly. i've been like do you know what i'm not going anywhere today what what is the point like i've i've literally probably got up and like got myself washed out or whatever but then put clothes on that would be like leggings and a jumper which is essentially the same thing as my pajamas but i'm like it just makes me feel <laughs> a little bit better if it's you know not actually yeah. my pajamas, but you know, start, I'm not making that effort. So I agree. I can't can't wait to like put some pride into my appearance and make an effort and stuff. So it'll be good. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm the same. Like, I think I'm not getting just me first lesson. I haven't. But after that, I kind of get out of bed, you know, and I'll put my jeans, my jumper and my, my T-shirt on. But like in the first lesson, I'm in my joggers and my hoodie and my, my, my evening wear. I need to buy more hoodies because... At the moment, I've noticed I've got two kinds of pyjamas going on. Unintentionally, I've got what I call the tight fit and the baggy fit, <laughs> which comes with the baggy joggers and the baggy jumper. But for some reason, I've managed to pair the tight jumpers with the tight joggers as well. So I want to buy some baggy jumpers. I might even get myself a hoodie blanket. Have you seen those? Yes. Oh, my God. They look amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I bought one for someone. and I kind of regretted not buying one for myself <laughs> because I realized how amazing it looks. But then I'm quite, I'm, I radiate heat a lot, so I'm a bit worried that I might not be able to wear it until like flipping dead yeah. of winter because I'll just get too hot sitting in it. Yeah, that's true. I had, I had this, um, this like really, it's like a blanket, but it's, it's a hoodie that has a pocket. I think you might have seen it because I might have oh. worn it on one of the right hair meetings. I can't remember, but like it's literally <laughs> like a blanket, but it's, but it's a hoodie and it's, oh my god it's the best jumper and it's been so good like when it snowed and it was really cold and everything else oh it was so warm and i've just i've just lived in that that jumper but i'm kind of getting sad now because the, the weather's getting warmer so it's kind of <laughs> a bit too hot but yeah 
but then that's when you can like bust out all the other fancy yep. stuff, you know, like the summer wear, the cool hats, the cool shirts. Yep. Well, I've got a Hawaiian shirt, which I cannot of wait course. to get back out there. <laughs> and in preparation of summer, I'm gonna buy a poncho. Oh my god! And I'm gonna buy, and I'm gonna buy a sombrero. So when I'm out in the clubs, I'm gonna dress up in a Mexican kind of style one day with a sombrero and a goddamn poncho and whatnot, whatever else I can find that's kind of Mexican culture and I'm going to live it. I reckon we need to, we, we, we have to arrange to go out together, Josh, I think. If, uh, yes, that would, 100%. That would be hilarious. <laughs> we do, yeah, especially before I get shipped off to uni. Yes. We need to hopefully, yeah, be lovely. I feel like we. it's weird how we, you know, I remember at the beginning of right here, I barely knew you, and now, yeah. bloody hell, Jordan, look I know. at us. I feel uh, like we... Such a short space of time. Very well. We did, we, yes, we of... and I'm very glad. Yes, yeah, me too. I was I was actually saying the other day to um, to someone, I was like, you know what, Josh is just, he's such a wholesome person. He's so cute, and I just, I, I adore him. You Honestly, I, I do adore you. You're, you're so lovely. Oh, Jordan, it's a mutual <laughs> adoration, that is for sure. I've, you know, I've always praised you and I can't praise you enough. You know, you're definitely an inspiration to me, for sure, because, <laughs> you know, I'd look at you and your little clinical psychology route and everything you do. It's like, man, Jordan's so bloody amazing. <laughs> and I, I aspire to be like you, Jordan. Like, everyone calls me wise. And in the back of my mind, when I see, they say it to me, I think to myself, no, no, trust me, you need to see my friend Jordan. Like, you think I'm wise. This girl, this girl's got a whole encyclopedia of wisdom. Yeah, I'm not. I, do you know what? Thank you very much for all the compliments. I'm so not sure how it, how it happened. I really, I don't know, because I do, even my own mum said the other day, she was like, and when did you become so wise? I was like, I, do you know what? I don't know, but... <laughs> it's funny how you say that because my grandma said the same thing to me not so long ago. You know, it, it's weird, but it's you know it's something about the yeah. uh, the psychology profession, perhaps, Josh. You know that, that those exactly. interests it, it opens up your mind to a to a wonder of things. Of course, and it's that analysis of people. I yeah. think it's such an amazing thing. You know, you learn so much. Well, that's how I've learned so much from just analysis. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. We're so, we're so nerdy, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you were... But there's a lady at work. Sorry, I was going to say, when you were saying earlier about uh, people and stuff, I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's mm. it. That's the, that's the psychologist in you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it comes out. And we're, especially when I'm with Donna at work, because she does a lot of mental health stuff as well. And I'll sit down in the office with her. And we have a full-on like mental health conversation. I love it. Like it's so intricate, and we share information. Mm. And, oh, it's so cool. Whereas Tony, I'm the, I'm an absolute child. <laughs> it's funny how we can be like that with people yeah. and have our little geek out moments and our little childish moments. Yeah, definitely. So many different versions of of ourselves. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh, right. Well, Jordan, it's coming to the end of our time, unfortunately. Yeah. And a pleasure it has been. And I'm having you back on again <laughs> with a different topic. This series is definitely over. It might be another relationship we want. It might just be a silly one. I think we could talk about something silly for now. I might get you on for that. But honestly, we'll have to do something. Hopefully when the software is working again. <laughs> I think the software's just cut out, as I've said that. I did hear you. Ah, there we go. I thought the software just cut out as it, as we flipping start speaking.
but no, we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Can you hear me, Jordan? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, lovely. Right, yeah, right. Let's say our goodbyes before this cocks up again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, gosh. thank you very much for having me again. It's a pleasure as always. So, thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, I'll definitely have you on soon, Jordan. I'll take care. Yes, bye bye. Bye.